Good morning. Welcome to a Wednesday. It is Kale and Company live here on WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, 101.9 FM in Manchester and beyond. And streaming around the world and around the clock at nhtalkradio.com. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. Learn more and find your plan at nedelta.com or deltadentalcoversme.com. We have a lot to cover here in uh, a short time on WKXL this morning. Joining me is Martha Madsen, the Executive Director of New Hampshire Civics. And uh, on the phone from Florida is a name I'm sure familiar to most WKXL listeners, the Honorable Chuck Douglas. Good morning, Ken. How are you? I am doing great, and I, I understand you're enjoying temperatures a little bit warmer than we are experiencing here in New Hampshire today, so good for you. Yeah. <laughs> About 40 degrees. Yeah, sure. yeah. It is great to have you with us, and, and Martha, we'll, we'll start with you, Executive Director sure. of uh, New Hampshire Civics. What is New Hampshire Civics all about? New Hampshire Civics is a nonprofit, and we teach civics for free to all ages, zip codes, and perspectives. We are strictly nonpartisan, and we think that varied points of view are a good thing. Uh, we also teach how our constitutional democracy works, we teach how to find facts and how to be an informed, engaged citizen. Um, and this is particularly important in New Hampshire because of our national role. Yeah, we do have a very important national role, and we, we hope we keep that important uh, national role in the future. Uh, Chuck Douglas, how did you first uh, become involved in, in New Hampshire civics? I, my uh, first involvement, Ken, was I was on the New Hampshire Supreme Court in the late 70s, early 80s. The fourth graders and often the eighth graders from most New Hampshire schools would visit the court when they were in Concord, you know, going to the executive council chamber, going to legislature, going to the New Hampshire Historical Society to see the exhibits there for from old New Hampshire, but that's how I got involved. And uh, then Krista McAuliffe in the 1980s had me in several times to her civics classes at Concord High, and I got, uh, I guess I just got kind of hooked on it. And it's a, it's a very important subject, a very important topic, and uh, Martha, your group has been around since when? We were officially incorporated in, in 2016. And it, it has really uh, taken off and, and grown from there. Absolutely. Um, I started off doing this part-time. Um, and in 2019, I became full-time. Um, and at this time, we have two and a half people <laughs> yep. on our staff. So, yes, we have grown. We've grown not only with staff, but with our impact and our programming. So... And you have, uh, I saw the statistics, and you have impacted the lives of many in a relatively uh, short amount of time. Yeah, we, um, as of last spring, we have, we had reached um, with our, with our outreach in public events, um, also, of course, working with students and with teachers, we've reached 
almost 46,000 people over the years. What are some of the, the, the programs that you offer now? You mentioned that is it's for all ages, uh, all zip codes, uh, but uh, what, what are some of the programs that, that are offered by uh, New Hampshire Civics? Yeah, well, we, um, we have a lot. We have, te- we have uh, programs that reach out to teachers and teach teachers mm-hmm. how to integrate civics um, starting in kindergarten. We have um, a curriculum library that's locally sourced. Um, everything is created by New Hampshire teachers after attending one of our trainings. Um, the, all that is free on our website, nhcivics.org. Um, we run the New Hampshire's Kid Governor Program for grade five. Uh, we partner with the New Hampshire Institute of Politics on that. Last, um, last fall, we had 2,500 fifth grade students registered from all over the state. Wow. Um, and we also have something called Project Soapbox, which is, uh, which is focused on middle school. It teaches public speaking and research skills. Um, we have a court education program called Civic 603 um, in partnership with the New Hampshire Supreme Court. Um, and that really has programming mock trials and appellate arguments for grades 5 through 12. Um, and we also have policy work and we have public lectures and, and public events. So uh, we have a lot going on. And, and I know you were mentioned uh, at uh, Governor Sununu's inaugural address uh, last week. Yeah, that was a surprise to me. Um, I was honored <laughs> and shocked, <laughs> um, but it was really um, powerful, powerful to hear that. And I loved that the governor wove in civics to his in- entire speech, um, that he recognized students from Groveton who were there, uh, the teacher from Groveton, um, and, uh, and the kid governor as well. Well, Congressman Douglas, do you have you noticed that that, that people do, or do you feel that people have become more engaged in the uh, in the political scene and and in government, uh, you know, since the time that that uh, you know you started becoming involved in politics? Well, I think there is engagement, and but there's a lot of negative engagement because civics has not really been taught for 20 or 30 years now since uh, we got into the No Child Left Behind and the testing for the federal government, civics was not included. So the emphasis was, let's beat China on math, science, algebra, etc., the STEM areas. And I understand science, technology, math, that's where people can work, get jobs, expand the economy. But if they don't understand their own government, and by us, government is a lot a term that's very complicated. <clears throat> Are you talking about town government, city government, school government, county government, state government, or the national uh, government? People don't even know the difference half the time. Um you know, you could say, oh, well, you know, this is uh, this is a problem that has to be fixed, but where do you go? They also, I think, have become illiterate in the why of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. <clears throat> it's not just knowing that you have a right mm-hmm. to do this or that we have free branches of government. 
You need to know why we do this. Why did the founders develop this system? And and get some critical thinking going, because the beauty of teaching civics, <clears throat> unlike math, there is no right answer. People are entitled to their opinions. Our entire government is based on majority rule, but with protection for minority rights. And so students, adults, and, and the January 6th crowd is a good example of adults who've never had civics did not understand the roles of the people involved, and that's what you're going to get. More January 6s in the century ahead if people lose the years and years of training in civics that they used to have. And uh, off the air, Martha was giving me some statistics about really uh, over the years how little money has been spent in the education uh, of uh, civics to students uh, compared to STEM programs, which we're not trying to diminish them at all because they're very important. But the disparity in spending in uh, public schools has been amazing. What were the stats you were you were reading me, Martha? Absolutely. Um over the past couple of decades, the federal government has invested $50 on average per student per year um, with STEM versus $0.05 cents per student per year in civics. Um, so civics has been on the back, back burner, not even the back burner. <laughs> it might be off the stove for a while. And social studies in general um, just has been um, neglected. Um especially in elementary school, um, because, yeah. just because of the, the testing. So, um, right. So we think that civics is a solution to a lot of what ails us. You know, we have, we have uh, four out of ten Americans who couldn't, can't name government's three branches, and that's actually an improvement. That's an improvement. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of poor civil discourse, um, but, but we think we have a solution. And uh, I think you do as well. It's uh, very important work that you're doing. And we're going to take a quick break right here. Martha Madsen is with us, Executive Director of uh, New Hampshire Civics. And the Honorable Chuck Douglas is joining us from Florida. He's been involved with the organization uh, since its inception. We'll take a break. Kale and Company will continue right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. We're powered by Northeast Delta Dental. Welcome back. Kale and Company live for a Wednesday here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, powered by Northeast Delta Dental. Martha Madsen is with us, Executive Director of New Hampshire Civics, along with the Honorable Chuck Douglas, checking in today from Florida. And we have a lot of ground to cover over the next uh, 10 minutes or so. And uh, Martha and Chuck, you can both uh, chime in on this. Tell us about your court education program with uh, New Hampshire Civics. Absolutely. Um, we call it Civics 603. Um, it's actually uh, run by and invented by another trustee, Adina Michael Chadowitz. Um, but it's expanding, and she's looking for lawyer volunteers um, to help her. So it is... Um, a program that is really like a two-day commitment for teachers. 
Um, and the second part happens at the Supreme Court. Um, it is either, it is oftentimes an appellate argument um, for the older students and for grades five and six. We have some really wonderful mock trial scenarios wow. as well. Um, and the first part is um, a lawyer visiting the school and kind of giving them the facts of this particular scenario, uh, whatever it is they're arguing, um, and then actually meeting up with the students at the court um, and having, and they always get to meet the Supreme Court justices at the end, um, and they learn about the fact that there are different points of view <laughs> when you are addressing a problem. Um, and understanding that it, it, it's important to, to listen and to understand the opposite argument. Um, and uh, anyway, it's just a fabulous program, and we are um, looking to grow, and we definitely need lawyer volunteers. Yeah, no question. Uh, uh, Chuck, uh, what are your thoughts on, on that program that, that's offered by uh, NH Civics? And it's excellent, and, and I would give praise to the Supreme Court under Chief Justice Gordon McDonald because for several years the court had disengaged from having the students in. It just was like everything else with civics. It, it just stopped. Um, what, what I think brought everyone's attention was uh, when the New Hampshire Historical Society started to explain that if the students come there to go through their exhibits, they usually start with the colonial period, the revolution, work up to the Civil War, and on. And the building is laid out that way so that you can start uh, at the beginning. <clears throat> but, but about 15 years ago, they realized that they, they couldn't do that. The students did not know that we once were part of England, that we were a crown colony, that we had a king. They didn't know we had a revolution. Mm -hmm. So Bill Dunlap and the folks at uh, New Hampshire Historical Society said, wow, well, we'll start them with the Civil War. They've all heard of Lincoln. Um, that's, that's a wake-up call. When New Hampshire students... Um, have no idea that we even had a revolution or why. That's maybe why so many people think a king or a dictator would be a great idea today. Uh, that's because they haven't been educated. They're constitutionally illiterate, and that's a danger to our society. But the tour changes have now occurred. The students do come back. They do go to the Supreme Court. They do go, you know, into the state house. But it's also accompanied by a lot of the programs that Martha's in charge of at New Hampshire Civics, which is not a government agency. It's a nonprofit, 501c3 nonprofit. So we depend on donations, grants, that type of thing because we're trying to reach as many people as possible uh, for, to try to cut back on the absurd percentage of our population that does not even vaguely understand our Bill of Rights or how we're set up. 
Yes, I want I want to just piggyback on that. Um, there was a study that came out of Harvard and also um, the University of Melbourne in Australia, finding sadly that seventy percent of people born since nineteen eighty think that a constitutional democracy is not essential. So we've really dropped the ball in educating people about different governmental options <laughs> and yeah. you know the pros and cons of the options um we just have really dropped the ball um so uh, that is an important thing to address and you know can thousands of you, there's nothing new under the sun but you have to be taught it yes um <clears throat> aristotle wrote a book called politics you know two thousand years ago and his book discussed the various forms of government, pure democracy, a republic, a monarchy, a dictatorship, an oligarchy, which most of the folks listening to your program know that term, but walk into an eighth grade classroom and throw that one at them. They wouldn't have any idea what you're talking about. Mm. But it's those I mean, all we're doing is what the founders did, which is to look at fundamental principles. How do you get majorities to rule without becoming tyrannical majorities? And that means protecting minority rights. That's why you get these three branches. That's why you divide power, both vertically and you divide power horizontally with the state. Uh, I mean, uh, vertically with the states and horizontally among the three branches. But these things have to be taught. <clears throat> Otherwise, as Martha said, based on that study, 70% of our population born, interestingly, since 1980, don't even believe democracy. What's the point of democracy? Let's just get things done, you know? Yeah. Uh, let's get Mussolini in here and- <laughs> Take care of it. So what an opportunity this is for a student uh, to have this chance to, uh, you know, be at the New Hampshire Supreme Court, meet the justices, uh, go to the state Uh house. Uh, It's a tremendous uh, opportunity. I wish I had had it when I was uh, going to school. Uh, So how, Martha, can people get involved in uh, Civic 603? Um, Anybody can contact us through our website. Um, at nhcivics.org. Um, we are um, available by phone if people want to give us a buzz. Um, we can uh, we re- return your phone calls. Um, uh, so we're, we're really open to, to hearing from people and, and vol- lawyer volunteers, teachers. If you want to be put on, on a newsletter, um, you can sign up for that on the website as well. So... Um, we're also on Facebook and we're on Instagram, so there are many ways to to connect with us. And Twitter too at yes, uh, NH right. Civics and Facebook, Instagram. Uh, the website again is nhcivics.org. Some great information there and on all of their platforms. And you also have a, a an outstanding lecture series as well. We do, um, and it's named for William W. Treat. Um, who was a prominent politician um, who cared a lot about these kinds of civil conversations um, on critical issues across difference. 
Um, so we have hosted uh, Justice David Souter. We've hosted Justice Sandra Day O'Connor. They both are very strong advocates um, for civics education. Um, Nina Totenberg came and talked about the Supreme Court. Judd Gregg spoke. Susan Collins, Neil Katyal, um, and very recently Jake Sullivan spoke. Um, and also General James Mattis had a conversation with ROTC candidates that was really powerful. Um, so we've had a lot of really exciting um, public events as well to just raise awareness among adults, <laughs> other than teachers, um, that this is a really important issue. Yeah, it, it, it really and truly is. And I'm glad we've been able to shine a light on uh, on it today. Uh, and uh, certainly glad that uh, the Honorable Chuck Douglas was able to join us uh, from Florida as well. We, we appreciate that. And uh, it's a very important topic to discuss. And uh, again, the information is out there at, uh, at all the platforms, uh, nhcivics.org, uh, at nhcivics on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, and uh, really, it's it's an organization that uh, people should look into of all ages, of yes. all ages, not just students, yes. but uh, of Thank all you. ages. Yes, we can all learn something uh, from from this great organization. Congressman Douglas, thank you so much for being with us today. All right, Ken. And thanks, Ken. Glad to join you. Well, it is our pleasure. And Martha Madsen, thanks so much. Thank Executive you so much for Director having us. of uh, New Hampshire Civic. So get in touch with Martha if you'd like uh, more information. Yep. And uh, thanks for being with us. Thank you very much. We'll take a break. Kale and Company will continue right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Welcome back. It is Kale and Company live for a Wednesday. Great to have you along with us at 1450 AM, 103.9, our FM signal in Concord, which is temporarily uh, off the air due to the fact that uh, our transmitter sustained damage during our recent storm. Uh, so we will be working on that and getting it up and back on the air very shortly. But uh, we're alive and well at uh, 1019 FM which covers Manchester and beyond. And, of course, the signal that's been around for longer than Jim Hayes, uh, 1450 on the AM dial WKXL and nhtalkradio.com around the world and around the clock. And speaking of Jim Hayes, who is the executive director of the New Hampshire Legends of Hockey, he is in the studio with us today. Jim, welcome. Good morning, Ken. Great to see you on this crisp morning. Yeah. That's a good sign. It is crisp. Great day for an outdoor hockey game. Boy, it is. Yeah. It just went by the park, <laughs> and it's it's looking good, but we need a lot of cold weather. Now, speaking of that, uh, and I see you have your, your black ice sweatshirt on today. That That's coming up not in the not-too-distant future. That's correct. That's uh, scheduled for the last weekend of uh, this month. And uh, if we get enough cold weather, the ice should be thick enough, and it'll be a go. So Chris Brown and, and all the Black Ice uh, board members are, are praying for some cold weather. Yeah, that is for sure. I mean, what, what an event that, that is. I mean, that if, for people who have never attended, it is such a terrific event. I mean, it's so unique to Concord, New Hampshire. It is just fabulous. Yes, it's amazing with so many players from around the United States, really, 
coming to Concord and to uh, kind of go back to uh, their roots, uh, skating outside. Um, Friday night is fantastic with the fireworks oh, and the bonfire. bonfire. And all oh, the teams I love the bonfire. The lights, <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, the bonfire and uh, you know, there's there's adult beverages on site and uh, it's great. It, yes. It's terrific. Yeah, and. Uh, well, we're here to not, not necessarily talk about the Black Ice event, but which is certainly worthy of of, uh, of, of discussion and praise. Uh, but we're here to talk about an event that's happening tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, that's correct, at the uh, uh, Carriage Inn down at the Kemble Jenkins Estate. Uh, I was asked, and John Graffair, who's the executive director of the Concord Historical Society, they decided to uh, do a night on the history of hockey in Concord, New Hampshire, which it does have a long history. Oh. So I'm excited to do that. That's at 7 o'clock at the Kemble Jenkins House, and it will be streamed as well. Well, it has quite a history. It has probably the longest history of any city uh, in the United States. That could well be. Yeah. Uh, you know, in, in doing some of the research over the years, Steve Winship wrote a nice article, and, and actually uh, some of the earliest uh, – uh, documented uh, information was down on Horseshoe Pond in the 1720s, and they called it Pennycook back then with a Y. Penny, Penny, Pennycook. Okay, uh, yep. with a Y. So uh, I, ne- I need to get a m- map and uh, find out exactly where the where it was called Concord and where it was called Pennycook. But that's pretty interesting. Yeah, that is in- interesting, of course. And and uh, uh, the first hockey game in the United States. The first uh, organized hockey game in the United States was played like less than a mile from here at St. Paul's School. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Malcolm Kenneth Gordon uh, was a student and then became a, a teacher and then coach. Uh, he went to Canada and they brought some rules back and the masters down here, the teachers, uh, massaged those rules and made the set of rules, the first set of rules for the United States 1883, which of course is the uh, date of the uh, tournament. Uh, it's in the Black Ice name, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I, I, I don't think uh, you know there are a lot of people who do realize it, but when people hear that the first organized hockey game in the U.S. was played in Concord, New Hampshire, they they find it hard to believe, but that's true. I know, I yeah. know, and it was such a. I mean, St. Paul's is such a beautiful campus yeah. as is most uh, prep schools, but uh, with those two ponds, and uh, with having nine hockey rinks, nine outdoor hockey rinks on the uh, ice surface of Turkey Pond, uh, it's it had to have been quite a sight when it was filled with just hockey players uh, all day long. And, and that's what it looks like at, at White Park when uh, when when the Black Ice event is going on. Yes, it does. And, and it does. It really is amazing. And uh, if you haven't, if you've never attended, what what's the matter with you in the first place? But uh, uh, it's 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 more than just hockey. I mean, it's a it's an event. It, I mean, you talk about the fireworks, the bonfire. I mean, just just the conviviality and 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 people. Uh, meeting people that they probably haven't seen in years. Yeah, that, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, this is the 12th annual scheduled, and uh, 
it will happen. There is a backup date, but we're still praying for the cold weather. It'll be moved into the Everett Arena uh, the weekend of March 17th through the 19th, I believe, all day long, inside going cross ice. But uh, we're hopeful that it's uh, going to be cold enough to hold outside. Well, I remember last year there was, there was quite a storm uh, during the black ice event. Yeah, there was. Yeah. We've had a few years uh, where there's been uh, really wonderful snow uh, on the ground and snowing and, and you know and uh, it's, that makes it for a beautiful uh, location to to be watching hockey it, it does but sometimes it can cause some problems like as you said if it gets too bad you, you can't really do it be, but uh, but last year went off I mean there was a I think there was a day that you couldn't play but then uh, the games were made up and it went off without a hitch yes yes it yeah did. so that that was terrific I know there was a backup plan uh, last year as well but uh, all the games were played and uh, taken care of and it was a great event and if you uh, have never checked it out check it out this year at the end of January and uh, the big event tomorrow night seven o'clock at uh, 266 North Main Street in Concord and what a panel has been assembled. Yeah, we do. We have a great cast of characters, and uh, I know them all very well, uh, starting with the captain, Ken McKinnon, uh, and uh, then Bob Norton, uh, Dunk Walsh, and, of course, George Chase. And they all have a unique uh, perspective, I think, on hockey in the city of Concord, and will uh, add a great deal of interest to that night. Yeah, and uh, so it's going to be a, a panel discussion. You'll be the moderator. Correct. Yeah. So first time ever. So first we'll, time ever. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Wow, it'll it'll go well because I don't think there are too many people that uh, you know the history of hockey around here as well as you do. So I don't think there'll be any problem with that. And you have uh, uh, four pretty good talkers on 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 the panel as well. Yes, we do. We may have to put a little clock there to uh, with a timer, like in the S- arena, especially on Mr. <laughs> North. Yeah, <laughs> that could be. <laughs> but it'll be great to see Bob again. I always enjoy enjoy getting together with him and uh, and talking about hockey. In fact, the other day he he told me that he got a call from one of his former players. Of course, people may not know that he coached over at UNH with Charlie Holt for yeah. half a dozen years, and he got a call from Dave Lumley, who was a key UNH player, and of yeah. course played with Edmonton for a long time. I think he scored thirty five goals one year. So. That always makes uh, you know us coaches uh, feel well when uh, one of their former players uh, stays in contact that many years later. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. And certainly there have been a lot of great uh, alums uh, from UNH that have gone on and have had uh, amazing careers in the National Hockey League. Uh, no, that's for sure. Yeah. I, I know uh, at every Washington Capitals home game, they introduced the Secretary of Defense, Rod Langway. They were, and, and, they, and, and they they have him uh, present uh, or, or stand with a member uh, of the military oh, that's at every great. Washington. I've been to a few Caps uh, home games in Washington, and uh, and Rod Langway is there for every game. You know, the Secretary of Defense uh, standing there with uh, uh, a member of the military honoring them. So Boy, that's that's terrific. What a hockey player and football player yeah, he was. Yeah, you know, it's amazing to think, and it you know, it's it's a while ago, but it's really not that long ago that the players were you know participating at the at the highest level of college uh, activity. In two sports. Multi-sports, yeah. yes. It doesn't no. happen no. these days. No, it does not. 
No, it's all specialization these days, but Rod Langway was a terrific football player and hockey player at UNH. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Yeah, and continues to be a, a presence at Washington Capitals home games. That's terrific. <laughs> Jim Hayes is here, and Jim is the executive director of the uh, New Hampshire Legends of Hockey and uh, has been for quite some time. They put on an annual banquet uh, every year that uh, is uh, probably uh, the best hockey banquet in the country, or at least right up there. Well, we certainly appreciate that kind praise. Uh, uh, the board works really hard on uh, putting this together each year. And, uh, of course, you'll remember uh, two years ago we had the Stanley Cup there. When I do. When Ben Lovejoy was inducted yeah. into the Hall of Fame. And that was that was a special treat beyond beyond belief, really. I mean, it's always a great event, but that uh, that made it uh, extra special uh, yes. a couple of years back at the Legends of Hockey Banquet, which is held uh, in late October uh, every year. We'll talk more about that, and then we'll talk more about what's going to happen uh, tomorrow night at the Kimball Jenkins Carriage House at 266 North Main Street in Concord, when Jim will be uh, moderating and doing an outstanding job with a terrific panel. We'll take a break. Kale and Company will continue right here on WKXL NHTalkRadio.com. Presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Welcome back. It's Kale and Company live here on WKXL NHTalkRadio.com. Jim Hayes is here, Executive Director of New Hampshire Legends of Hockey. And Jim is going to be moderating a panel of Concord Hockey Legends uh, tomorrow night at the Kimball Jenkins Carriage House at 266 North Main Street in Concord. And Jim, I understand this is an event that uh, is open to the public. Anybody can show up. That's correct. 7 o'clock at the Carriage House. So uh, there's lots of subjects we'll touch on uh, that night, uh, uh, tomorrow night, and uh, including uh, Olympians, which is always a good subject here in Concord with uh, Doug Everett. Yeah. Uh, of course, the arena being named after Douglas N. Everett and Tara Mounsey. So one from both the men's team back in 1932 and then, of course, Tara Mounsey winning the gold medal, um, among other medals as well. And a third, which uh, most people might not know, is George Chase. His grandfather, John Chase, which was his dad, George's father, uh, he was the captain of the 1932 Olympic team wow. up in Lake Placid. So wow. John Chase, uh, that that's, uh, will be sure to be uh, talked about tomorrow night as well. Yeah, George will be there tomorrow night. Yes. Uh, Bob Norton, Dunk Walsh, Ken McKinnon. So what are some of the subjects uh, you're going to talk about? Well, we'll talk about the arena opening uh uh, the Everett Arena and the that Con- that must I don't mean to interrupt but that must have been uh, in its day I mean uh, you know a, a huge event when that arena opened yeah. up it, I wasn't around here at that time but uh, uh, it had to be a huge event it was dedicated back in '65 uh, in, in uh, December uh, but I believe the first game was UNH Dartmouth if I'm not mistaken wow. uh, to kind of kick it off and uh, of course that that was big news after skating outside so many years uh, prior to that uh, White Park will become a, a hot topic tomorrow night as well. The teams that played out of White Park, we had the Concord Hockey Club, the White Park Hockey Club uh, in Concord, uh, down in uh, Pleasant Street, the uh, Sacred Heart, Sacred Cur, uh, 
uh, team. We had the Millville Bruins out just in Hopkinton, but they had many battles against Sacred Heart. Um, and then going on to the uh, the Concord Shamrocks in the early 60s, the Concord Coachmen in the mid-60s, the Concord East Olympics in the late 60s and 70s, and, of course, the Concord Budmen, which pretty much finished out the uh, senior amateur uh, teams that played out at Concord. What was the last year of the Budmen? That was uh, 91, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, the, the best years probably were the first 5 to 10 and then uh, after the – we were in the New England Hockey League, but yeah. then it was independent, and the schedule kind of uh, condensed. And uh, kind of by 1991, um, it was pretty much done, although the Budman name is still out there playing in the Black Ice Tournament right. and, and sometimes other tournaments around the New England area. And, and it, the people probably don't realize how many amateur leagues there were around New England at one time. That, that's uh, correct. Know, yeah, and uh, I, as a kid growing up, I grew up in, in Melrose, Massachusetts, and there was a team there that used to play at Hockey Town, USA, uh, when they had uh, a small arena in, in Melrose, Mass. It no longer exists, but it was on Green Street in, in Melrose, and uh, they, they would come in uh, you know, from uh, other states and uh, other teams in Massachusetts. And I'll tell you what, that, that was some uh, pretty uh, fierce and, and brutal battles back in those days. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, it yeah. was pretty rough. Of course, yeah. the equipment was, wasn't quite like it, was th- it is today. No helmets, of course. Uh, but you didn't really, I mean, besides cuts, you didn't really see or hear of any, hear of any injuries anyway. Yeah, but there were a lot of fights. Oh, there, yeah, there were, were a lot, lot of fights. A lot of fights. People loved it. They, the stands were packed. You one, know? one interesting uh, note would be on Sacred Heart. Actually, the last year they played was the 1951-52 season. Mm-hmm. And prior to going to Oslo, uh, for the Olympics, the U.S. Olympic team played against Sacred Heart right here on Pleasant Street. And Sacred Heart would have, for those games, uh, that plus other games down there, they would have up to 1,200 fans stacked around the uh, outside uh, rink and uh, in the snowbanks. Wow. And uh, it was just mm-hmm. terrific action. And that kind of fast-forwarded into uh, in the mid-60s when the Concord East and Olympics played, I mean, against Manchester. It was just oh, a phenomenal yeah. rivalry. Yeah. And, uh, Blackhawks. And, yeah, 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 you were lucky yeah. to be able to get a seat because ultimately you'd be standing four deep from the boards, but it was wonderful. Yeah, it's amazing, and, and people just don't realize. I remember back in the, the early 70s, uh, those games would uh, pack the JFK Coliseum in yeah. Manchester. It was hard to find a parking spot. No, exactly. One yeah. one game would be, I think, in Concord on a Saturday, and the next would be on a Sunday in, in Manchester, I believe. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the amateur hockey was so big, and, uh, and 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 a lot of it was due to the fact that, you know, in most of that time, and most of that period that we're talking about, there were only six teams in That's the National right. Hockey League. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if the, the NHL had been uh, larger at that point, there's a number of these guys who have been playing in the NHL, yeah. I believe. Yeah, or at least in, you know, in, in minor league hockey, because yeah. I mean, there would have been more minor league teams as well but uh but that am- amateur hockey was, was huge back back in the day and i'm sure you'll talk a lot about that tomorrow night as well yes the concord east olympics by the way uh, talking about them uh, they'll be recognized honored this fall at the next induction ceremony in october 
Uh, and as you saw, I believe uh, a number of those guys were there this fall yep. when we announced uh, that they would be honored, and uh, there should be lots more coming next fall, which would be great to uh, see a number of those guys. Oh, yeah, there's no no doubt about it. And uh, every year the Legends of Hockey honors uh, an amateur team. Uh, that has uh, certainly made an impact uh, over the years, and uh, it's always great to have those teams uh, honored. And uh, it, it's the the banquet itself is just a fabulous one. And uh, every year you have the inductees, but you always have uh, special guests as well. I know everybody was happy uh, to see uh, Rick Middleton this past time around. And uh, yeah, yeah, a number of uh, of those uh, Bruins players were there. Yeah. And, uh, Kenny Linsman was on hand as well. Yeah. The rap. And usually, yeah. <laughs> Kenny, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> always usually a, a great keynote speaker as well. And uh, that is open to the public. Uh, tickets usually go on sale September 1st. And uh, normally we have between three, 275 and 325 people in attendance. Yeah, it's a, it's a terrific event. As will the event be uh, tomorrow night, Black Ice, Concord, and the uh, History of Hockey. Jim Hayes, the executive director of the New Hampshire Legends of Hockey, will be the moderator. And George Chase, Bob Norton, Dunk Walsh, and uh, Ken McKinnon will be on the panel and that that you know with a panel like that you you might be going all night long Jim. Yeah. You know? they may just be talking themselves i may not even be able to ask them a question <laughs> we'll get a word in edgewise you know <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but you wouldn't mind right i mean no. it'd be just great to to hear the stories and uh, that these guys have you know that's great it's it's going to be because that that covers so many generations too I mean, uh, you go back with George Chase to his dad uh, with the, in the Olympics, yeah, yeah. and then and then Bob Norton with his uh, coaching experiences, his television experiences that he's had uh, over the years, and uh, Dunk, who's uh, only been coaching Concord High now for thirty three years. How do you think yeah. I feel? I, I used to do some of his games in high school when he was playing uh, at playing Bishop Brady, Brady. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and lead, helping lead them into uh, championship games as well. And doing his uh, fair share of uh, winning those championships here at Concord High. In fact, uh, I think the number of wins, he's up somewhere off the top of my head, 530-something oh, yeah. wins. And he's climbing to the top of the charts uh, there, and I'm sure he'll get there. Oh, yeah, I have no doubt about it. I mean, he's still going strong, and uh, obviously his teams have performed very well. Still undefeated this year. They'll have a game uh, tonight against Bo at the uh, at the Everett Arena at 5.30. And uh, Ken McKinnon as well. He, they call him the captain, right? The captain. He was captain at UNH uh, in the late 60s, his last two years. I believe he was captain. Still holds the record for uh, most goals in a game, I believe. Really? With a yeah. couple other individuals with six for the Wildcats. And, uh, and of course, he was the uh, president and founder of the Granite State Hockey League, which was the Concord Shamrock team, uh, and many other teams throughout the state were playing in that Granite State Hockey League. Wow! So, so you, you've got you've got the history right there. I mean, that is. Uh Where's Ken? Is Ken from? Uh, he's he lives uh, basically in Alton. Okay. Uh, beautiful spot up yep. on the hill overlooking Winnipesaukee. Uh, Not spent, a bad place to no, be. No, no. He spent some time in Maine as well. I saw him the other night in Laconia. But uh, where is he from originally? T- Toronto area. Oh, from Toronto. Yeah. 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 I'm okay. not sure if yeah. it was in town Toronto or yeah. just on the outskirts. Right. But right. Yeah. He always says Toronto. So. Yeah. 
Um, and kind of interestingly enough, you know, he coached the uh, U.S. versus Canadian over 80. What? Over 80 hockey tournament. He's coached three times over the last several years, played once, and uh, yeah. Uh, over 80? Over 80. I never knew there was such a tournament. Yeah, it was in Burlington, Ontario, just outside of Toronto. Wow. Used to be in Ottawa, I think, and uh, now it's moved down there. They play two games, and I'm sure they have a great time. Oh, I have no doubt about it. No doubt about it. So tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, Kimball Jenkins Carriage House, 266 North Main Street in Concord, open to the public, and the event will also be streamed. Go to ConcordHistoricalSociety.org and look for the link to the live stream, and you will be able to watch it that way as well with Jim Hayes as the moderator and a a great panel of uh, George Chase, Bob Norton, Dunk Walsh, and Ken McKinnon. It's going to be a fun night. Jim, thanks for stopping in today. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much, Ken. I appreciate it. And that's it for this edition of Kale & Company. Thank you very much for joining us. We will return tomorrow. If you missed any of today's show, you can hear it just after 7 o'clock tonight here on WKXL and nhtalkradio.com. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental.